1: Hello, this is James Stansel of the New Books Network, the African American Studies channel. And today I had the pleasure of talking to the distinguished professor of arts and humanities at the University of California at Berkeley. Her name is Darcy Grimaldo Grigsby, and her book is Enduring Truths, Sojourner's Shadows and Substance. And this is a book about one of the most photographed people of the 19th century, Frederick Douglass. The abolitionist was the, the most photographed person of the 19th century. But Sojourner Truth, also an abolitionist and a women's right, women's rights person, she was very well photographed as well. And Professor Grimaldo Gripsby is going to talk with you about her journey from finding um, some eBay images of Sojourner Truth to actually writing and illustrating a picture book. By illustrating, I mean visualizing and and coming up with the graphics for an outstanding art history picture book. So enjoy this interview with Professor Darcy Grimaldo Grigsby on her University of Chicago press book, Enduring Truths, on Sojourner Truth. Welcome to the New Books Network. I'm your host, James Stansel of the African-American Studies channel. And today I have the great pleasure of speaking with Professor Darcy Grimaldo Grigsby a distinguished professor of arts and humanities at the University of California, Berkeley. We're going to be talking today about her book, Enduring Truths, Sojourner, Shadows and Substance. The truth we're talking about here is sojourner truth. How are you doing today, Professor Grigsby?
0: I'm fine. I'm very pleased to speak with you.
1: Thank you. I'm very happy that you you could take some time with us, especially during the semester going into the holiday season, to to talk with us about your book. This is an outstanding book, Enduring Truth, and it's published by the University of Chicago Press. I really enjoyed looking at all the pictures, and we talked a little bit offline about the story behind this book and and what got you started with it. If you don't mind, can you share some, some of that with our audience?
0: Of course. Right now? Okay. Um. Yes, this book is a very different book than the other books I've written, which uh, began as sort of art historical projects uh, and involved a lot of archival research in France, for instance, et, et cetera. But Sojourner Truth, first, I was first amazed when I saw a carte de visite and saw her remarkable caption mm-hmm. I sell the shadow to support the substance. And the way I began the book was by purchasing a card on eBay, something oh, wow. that, no, yeah, it would not be possible today in the, oh, what has it been, about 10 years that I've been working on this, they've become rarer and more exorbitant, and my book has made them even <laughs> more Even more so. <laughs> even more so. <laughs> yeah, but um, I bought a little card that was damaged, And it was of her with her caption and her name, and it was inscribed in the back, and it was bought by what's the inscription reads, bought by Anne Heald at West Branch, Iowa, 1870 at the lecture by Sojourner Truth. And I bought it from William Heald. I bought it from a descendant of the woman who, in 1870, heard Sojourner Truth lecture and who inscribed the back of the card. And it turns out I interacted with him for a while and um, am still in touch with him. And he told me about his abolitionist family, some of whom worked um, on the Underground uh, Railroad, for instance. And the Carte de Visite which is a small photograph mounted okay. on a cardboard. It's about two and a half by four inches. And it, we can. the term carte visite is French, but it means visiting card. Mm-hmm. And it was invented mid-century and becomes a total uh, fad, both in France and in the U.S. Okay. And its most important moment is during the Civil War. In any case, he explained to me that this beautiful card of Sojourner Truth Damaged and humble as it was, mm. was the only card that wasn't of a family member in his 19th century family album. It was the last card, and it stood for their politics, mm. it stood to their, for their to their uh, for their commitment to the abolition of slavery,
1: okay.
0: and that turns out to be one of the ways in which these cards functioned um, for others. But that's how i began the book it was my very very first ebay purchase (laughs) in 2006 and when i tried to recreate my collecting i had ebay recreate my purchases and he said i can't find anything before this moment in 2006 and it turned out it was my very first purchase wow and was stunning and i ended up buying quite a few cards um, I have a sort of major Civil War collection now, and I've given them, uh, the majority of them, I've saved a couple for my children, and I saved this one for myself, but I've given a rather large collection of Civil War carte de visite um, featuring often African-Americans uh, to the Berkeley Art Museum, and they just had a wonderful show called Sojourner Photography wow. and the Fight Against Slavery. Wow. Yeah. So
1: that's how the, the book began. Okay. Well, that's an amazing story, and that was an amazing first eBay purchase. <laughs> yeah, I feel <laughs> to, very lucky. Yeah, to, to, to lead to such a beautiful and, and lovely book here. You know, when I got the book in to, um, you know, start reviewing it for our talk, my wife was so excited, and she was like, oh, you know, let me know when you get that book in. I want to I want see that. I mean, the, you know, it's it's lovely. It's beautiful. It's very well done. Um, And the book is Enduring Truths, University of Chicago Press, Sojourner Shadows and Substance by Distinguished Professor of Arts and Humanities at University of California, Berkeley, Darcy Grimaldo Grigsby. And, you know, I mentioned University of Chicago, uh, Chicago Press and University of California where you teach and you're a distinguished professor there. So can you tell us a little bit about your background? Um, You know, what got you, you know, into uh, the history of art?
0: Hmm, that's a hard one, James. <laughs> um, I always have been connected to art, I mean, making art as a child. I grew up with a single mother uh, who worked as a secretary on campus right mm. here at UC Berkeley. Wow. Panamanian. I'm Panamanian-American. Okay. Uh, my um, father was in the army in Panama, and um, but I was raised by my mother. And I both loved art and really care very much about the ways art history has not adequately discussed the. It's changed, of course, in the course of my 20 year career, but had not adequately addressed questions of colonialism, slavery, Mm -hmm. race, domination, inequity. And uh, I combined those two loves because I do, must say I find real solace in objects and art. Okay. Um, and so that's a very important part of my life. But the stakes of keeping, I, I feel lots of art historians sort of think of it as something about the beauty of art. But I really think um, the best work comes when one understands the kind of high stakes of one's argument. Okay. And so yes. in other words, my work is always very political and very motivated by knowing the importance of uncovering these stories that have been effaced or buried somehow. There was no book on Sojourner Truth's um, use of photography. Mm-hmm. Nell Irvin Painter, a wonderful uh, African-American historian, formerly of Princeton, wrote a great biography of her in which she uh, discusses the photographs in one chapter. And before that, maybe a couple decades before that, a woman named Kathleen Collins wrote one article on them. But nobody had sat down and taken them really seriously as one of the most amazing uh, facts of Sojourner Truth's life that she embraced, like Frederick Douglass, photographer, right. and understood its power for a people who were redefining themselves as uh, <laughs> the equal to um, the whites who had suppressed them and enslaved them, and both Frederick Douglass and Sojourner Truth were slaves who escaped, Mm -hmm. and um, both of them embraced photography, and it's one of the most interesting parts of the history of photography in 19th century United States is the way that it served African Americans. Right.
1: And, you know, it's it's interesting that you you mentioned Frederick Douglass, you know, as well as Sojourner Truth there, because a lot of people just don't realize that, you know, they were some of the most photographed people of that time period.
0: Yeah, the recent book I was—I had no idea when I decided to write what was going to be my very little book on Sojourner Truth, and it grew. I had no idea that there was an, uh, a similar project right. being authored by Henry Louis Gates and others on Frederick Douglass's photography, but they came out at the same time, and it was marvel— around the same time, and it was marvelous because. My book was immediately covered in the New York Times in conjunction with the Frederick Douglass book. So the mm-hmm. the two coming out at the same moment brought more attention, I think, to both. At least it brought more attention to mine. Uh Frederick Douglass being the more um probably well known and revered figure. Mm-hmm. Um, although Sojourner Truth is also um widely heralded as Absolutely. Courageous and remarkable.
1: And so we should probably talk about that a little bit, Darcy, if, you know, because, you know, you and I are both very familiar with Sojourner Truth and her work as well as Frederick Douglass, but there may be some, you know, in our listening audience that may know the name, but maybe not aren't as familiar with her deeds and her importance to American history. So just can you just talk about that just a little?
0: Yeah, Sojourner Truth, I mean, and the reason I wrote the book was that I was so. Uh, amazed by her achievements she was a slave she was a slave born to Isabella Bomfrey in about 1797 Mm -hmm. and she was a slave who was parted from her parents early had Mm -hmm. a number of owners and who ends up running away from her uh, last master um uh, when she was in her 20s, uh, well, she's about 30, she left in about 1826, and she renamed herself at the age of 46, Sojourner Truth, and what's amazing about her achievements, because we need to define her as um, not just a runaway slave, but a runaway slave who became one of the most eloquent abolitionists, Absolutely also a woman fighting on behalf of women's rights, uh women's rights to vote. She ends up um also fighting capital punishment. And she's doing all of this as a woman who could neither read nor write. Amazing. So she Yeah, amazing, right? And she was illiterate in a way that Frederick Douglass was not. He was our great literate um spokesperson. But this didn't stop Sojourner Truth from once she saw Frederick Douglass had written his autobiography, (laughs) uh, she said, I can do that. And she always had important women, friends, and family who facilitated her publications. And she wrote her own narrative. She wrote constantly to the newspapers. Mm She uh, was just politically engaged. She had She preferred to have children read newspapers to her to keep her up with current events. And I say newspapers. She did not have them read one. She had them read many. Wow. And she preferred children because she thought they did not um, editorialize. Ah, right, right. Just give it to her (laughs) straight up. (laughs) um, So for a woman who could not read or write, she was really engaged with words with speaking, with texts. She ended up being a great collector of autographs. But also, she was so courageous. And let me say, she, throughout the Civil War, she wished she could fight. Uh, But knowing she couldn't, she did things like volunteered for years at the Freedmen's Bureau in Mm -hmm.
1: Washington,
0: D.C., where the slaves who had come up from the South were living, and she'd walk into their uh, barracks and and talk to them about what they needed to do to be up with the news, to be uh, clean, to be hardworking. Mm. And while she did that, she would knit, and she wanted to teach everyone how to be productive. And knitting was one of those things. Yeah, it absolutely was <laughs> for yeah. that time period. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. An amazing I, woman! I could go on for a while about her. Um, should I add more?
1: I, I think that's a, that, that's a pretty good description of her, you know, and, okay. and talking about her great work. And I would encourage anyone who is not familiar with Sojourner Truth to do some research on her, one. But two, buy the book Enduring Truths, Sojourner's Shadow and Substance, because you can see many great images of her and learn more about her in that way as as well. And again, this is the New Books Network. I'm James Stansel, your host on the African American Studies channel. And I'm here with a distinguished professor of arts and humanities at the University of California, Berkeley, Darcy Grimaldo Grigsby. And we're talking about her book on Sojourner Truth, a book published by the University of Chicago Press, Enduring Truth, Sojourner's Shadows and Substance. And Professor Grigsby, what? You know, if you could just describe just briefly, what can one expect if they were to pick up your book? What would they see when they, you know, when they open it up and, and when they look in it? What are some of the highlights and things that, you know, the average person can um, expect to see?
0: Well, one of the things that's great about this book is it's beautifully produced, mm-hmm. partly because I contributed a lot of money oh. to have. Yeah, people think authors get uh, um, money from the sale of their books, but in fact, I... Uh, spent a great deal, I'm talking over $10,000, oh, uh, to have it produced this lavishly. So, you know, many uh, a press might think that um, little uh, little pictures that are sepia-colored, little black mm-hmm. and white objects did not need color illustration, but I insisted that I wanted it in... Primarily in full color, and so you'll open up a book that is lavishly illustrated It has every carte de visite I have found um, of Sojourner Truth Reproduced as well as other important contemporary objects Um, And I think just including and also other photographs of other African Americans. Yes but also wonderful types and pictures of soldiers and so forth that I needed as an explanation or a way to argue mm-hmm. about this really powerful role photography played for all Americans yes. during the Civil War because of the ways in which families were ruptured and um, and people were far away from each other, and pictures, photographs were one of the ways they stayed connected. But I think it's a great picture book. I wanted it to be a picture book. It has an argument um, that I think is important. But I do think it's a revelation to many just to see how many times she had herself photographed as you say Frederick Douglass and Sojourner Truth were two of the most photographed people Frederick Douglass was the most photographed man yes. in the 19th century we have learned he uh, and he also wrote two or three eloquent essays trying to come to terms with photography so he was a great theorist of photography but i think Sojourner Truth's practice we don't have the same kind of writing from her about photography, but her very practice of using it was so remarkably brilliant and savvy in ways that I would say are fully um, um, of the same stature as, you know, Frederick Douglass's okay. use of photography. Let me say a few words about that. One of first of all, let's emphasize that when she starts doing these photographs and most of them are from the Civil War era. Mm-hmm. She is a woman in her late 60s, and she continues to have photographs made throughout the period of the Civil War, but even in her 80s, she's having vast numbers of pictures made. I was so happy when I located uh, the, um, the log books of a photographer in Detroit to whom she turned uh in the at the end of her life and I reproduced wow. the log books in the in the in the book because it's so stunning. You look down his name was Randall and you look down his logbook and you'll see many names who have ordered four pictures, twelve pictures, two pictures and then you get to Sojourner and it's a hundred. <laughs> She's in her eighties. And another she orders fifty and fifty of two different ones the woman understood photography not as a private, personal, familial object as most people used it, but as a public um, mechanism to circulate her cause Mm. as well as as her person, right? And she meant, she knew that these photographs were a way that she could generate income, but income that allowed her to travel. And again, imagine that this woman is in her late 60s, 70s, -hmm. and 80s, who's traveling in the late, in the 19th century during the Civil War, great distances, and giving these speeches that were apparently just remarkably bold and eloquent. Mm -hmm. And she sold the photographs at her lectures, and she also sold them through the newspaper and she would have them advertised and she would send them in the mail. So another way that she uh, was so savvy was understanding that the recent um, development of the U.S. Postal Mm. Service allowed her to have this kind of mail order business. (laughs) she'd send out her pictures and she'd say, three for a dollar, but please send postage. Um, when she would advertised, et cetera. And so she was living off of it, uh, the sale of, of her, co- her photographs as well as her book. But um, what's also remarkable about how she used the photographs is that unlike Frederick Douglass, who had so many um, pictures made by numerous important photographers, right. and we know all their names, most of the photographers who took pictures of Sojourner Truth are unknown, because she insisted that on the front, the card said, I sell the shadow to support the substance Sojourner mm. Truth. And on the back, she ha- um, had her copyright printed, which says entered according to Act of Congress in the year 1864 by mm. Sojourner in the clerk's office of the U.S. (laughs) District Court for the Eastern District of Michigan. Now, when she had her photographs copyrighted in her name, this was a year before copyright was supposed to cover photographs. So she's precocious. (laughs) It is also, I have never found another carte de visite from this period in which the copyright is in the sitter's name, they are always in the photographer's name. The copyright was the photographer's right to that image, but she insisted, and remember, she's a former slave, right. that the image was her property, that she was going to disseminate it, but she wasn't going to disseminate herself, that had once been defined as property and object mm-hmm. and slave. She was going to s- disseminate her shadow. And her shadow is what she left behind and was recorded as a photograph wow. but her sense was her selfhood that walked away and lived off of the money she um, earned by selling these photographs. Frederick Douglass has gorgeous pictures that at the bottom of the carte de visite or ca- cabinet card will say for instance Warren photographer mm-hmm. because was What was normative, the photographer would put his imprint on the front of the card, and that 's part of why we know who photographed Frederick Douglass. right, right. so Gerder Truth was incredible in insisting that the card was entirely about her and her property <laughs> and herself, and that who and so she went to provincial photographers who were willing to relinquish. Their typical sort of selling of their own business through the name imprinted on the cards. So these are little cardboard mounts upon which an album and print was um, glued. Mm-hmm. They would have to be printed like on a printing press. Sojourner Truth is the only sitter I know who made so many claims to her ownership of herself as photographed.
1: And I'm sure, like you said, her history, her past history had a lot to do with that.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's just, it's very, just, you know, again, very interesting, the contrast with Frederick Douglass, who had greater fame, greater status, greater literacy. Mm -hmm. But Sojourner Truth turned this very humble card into a remarkable um, uh, testament to her, her sense of self-possession right. and claim to rights. Mm, mm.
1: And the book is enduring truths, sojourner's shadows and substance, and you just got an explanation as to the uh meaning of the subtitle there, sojourner's shadows and substance. And this is an outstanding book, a a, a great art history, history of art what some would call a uh, you know, a a coffee table <laughs> That type book. Um, the pictures are lovely. You heard Professor Grigsby talk about that she is a labor of love, so to speak. She spent a lot of her own money to make sure that this book looks the way that it is, because this is something that is true history um, for for people in the African American community or people who are interested in the the, the history of women's rights. Um, you know, Sojourner Truth was very important there, and Professor Darcy Grimaldo Grigsby. Did an outstanding job with this book, I, and I can tell you, you know, my wife loved it. <laughs> I, I loved it. You mentioned the pictures in there of people other than Sojourner Truth. That was important to me as well because it helped me to visualize and think, you know, what if I lived during that time period, and you know, people who are like me who lived during that time period. So I thank you so much for this book. It was, is very important, and I love, you know, I'm, I'm more of a, you know, a history person, not an art history person, but as a, a history person of social science scholar. This was very important work for me, and it's something that I will cherish for a long time. So I I thank you so much for your great work with this.
0: Thank you. Thank you. And, yeah, I wanted wanted the book, as much as it is a scholarly book, I wanted the book partly to just bring Sojourner Truth's brilliance and activism to the sport. And she's a woman that You know, I remember when I was in elementary school, we could could write on Harriet Tubman or Sojourner Truth. (laughs) I worked on Tubman, actually, in my little, you know, fourth grade uh, report. But um, it's very important for me that it has this kind of pedagogical impact. And as I say, the great things about. The strange way that, you know, I've never collected art. I couldn't collect the paintings and things that I wrote about in my first books. But these were these small, modest cards that even I, this many, you know, 150 years later, Mm -hmm. could manage to collect, as did people in the 19th century. They collected cards. Um, And to give it to the museum and to see over 350 eighth graders um, be brought through there... And turned on to this history that, um, again, all of us do sometimes feel despair and uh, concern about rights not having been achieved as fully as we'd wish. Need to look back at Sojourner Truth who said to a friend who had lost a child, don't cry no more. Get back to work. Lord, there's plenty of work to be done. Something I'm mm-hmm. praising. But that sense of if we think we face challenges, we have to imagine a woman in her late 60s who couldn't read or write, who often was dealing with illness, managing to do as much as she did. I feel Absolutely. like it's an inspiration to us all and a reminder that we got to keep going. All right. Fighting the fun
1: you are an inspiration to me the work that you that you did to to make this project happen the fact that you contributed some of your own money over ten thousand dollars listeners I don't know if you caught that earlier to make this outstanding book to make sure right. it's the...
0: sorry I'm interrupting I'm being nice to University of Chicago press and not telling you how much I actually spent it's than oh, okay. all- ten thousand dollars
1: we'll just, we're just <laughs> say
0: at a minimum ten thousand dollars. Um, Which often happens these days if you want good illustrations. But you do. You want these books to live on.
1: And this is cer- certainly a book that will live on. It, it's it's beautifully designed. It, it, you know, the, the, the pictures and everything is in here is, is great. And it's you, it's a definitely a testament to your, your your labor, your efforts, your work. And it's University of Chicago Press, enduring Truth, Sojourner Shadows, and substance. And I'm here with the author, Darcy Grimaldo Grigsby for the New Books Network, African American Studies Channel. She is a distinguished professor of arts and humanities at the University of California, Berkeley. And this book, Enduring Truth, is the kind of book that, you know, you would hope to see in any library, in a person's home, in a college libraries, public libraries, so people can enjoy and, you know, picture and, and like I did visualize themselves you know, their ancestors, the people from that previous time period. We can't, you know, forget them. And it's important for the young people to make those connections and be familiar with people from the past. The further we get away from that time period, I fear that these people are going to have less importance to them. And we can't allow that. So your book is going to go a long way in helping to make that connection for them. So thank you so much for that, Professor Grigsby. It really means a lot to me, which is one of the reasons why it was really important for me to interview you and and share your book with folks who maybe wouldn't know about it otherwise.
0: Thank you so much, James. Yes. And call me Darcy, by the way. <laughs>
1: no problem, Darcy. Um, and I don't want to take up too much of your time, too. I know you're, you know, an important professor out there at the University of California at Berkeley. But if there are any thoughts that you can leave with our listeners or if you want to talk about as well, I would love to hear about your current work, any future projects you have, or if you want to share maybe even about some of your previous art books, if they are interested in, in going to take take a look at those as well.
0: Well, thank you for giving me this opportunity to just mention what I've written before. Yes. Very very different, but on the other hand, always about the problems of colonialism, slavery, race, and Uh representation. And so my first book was called Extremities, Painting Empire in Post-Revolutionary France. It's from 2002, and it's about many of the big paintings that are famous to people who care about French art. Mm -hmm. And it was weaving the story of Haiti, Senegal, the Ottoman Empire, Mm together in a way that had never been done um, and it needed to be done because these paintings that were considered just sort of romantic paintings are turned out to be all about empire and loss. Mm. Second uh, book was Colossal Engineering, the Suez Canal, Statue of Liberty, Eiffel Tower and Panama Canal and it's a crazy but also beautifully illustrated book about that Incredible megalomania at the end of the 19th century, Mm -hmm. and all Franco American uh, rivalries about who could build the tallest monument, for instance. So, Mm -hmm. and um, the kind of ways those were, um, the histories were all tied up with one another. Mm -hmm. And then right now I'm working on a book called, um, tentatively called Creole Looking, about Francis' portrayal of its. Foreign relations. Mm-hmm. I really love the term in the Americas and the Caribbean. I really love the term Creole because it's a very complicated term. Mm-hmm. We, you might know it from New Orleans, but yes. the French colonies. Uh, what's interesting about it is it doesn't um, describe. Uh, it it doesn't does not hinge on racial difference. It's about being foreign, but uh, uh, being being of an. I'm sorry. It's about being born away from your place of origin. Okay. French person born in Martinique would be Creole, but an African person born in Martinique would be Creole. Mm. So I'm really interested in that, the complexity of that culture. So that's what I'm working on now. Sounds great. Yeah, and I continue to occasionally look at eBay and find (laughs) it. something that I buy that keep adding to the Berkeley Art Museum's collection at this point. And I just think this has been a wonderful opportunity to share my work and I so appreciate you thinking of me. Oh,
1: it's it's my pleasure and you never know your next project may come from another eBay purchase.
0: <laughs> I I don't know about that. I'm not that rich, but <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, you, you 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 never know and I would love to get you back to talk about your next project when you get it completed I, you know i think my audiences would love to hear about that too about that creole experience with me being in houston texas is something that i'm definitely familiar with okay yeah
0: one of the chapters is about dig new orleans so you know that stuff oh, yes. it's fascinating yeah great well, 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 well
1: Dar- thank you well thank you so much for your time darcy and you know i Again, I want to mention the name of the book, Enduring Truths, Sojourners, Shadows and Substance, published by the University of Chicago Press. Darcy Grimaldo Grigsby, University of California at Berkeley, distinguished professor. This is who we've been talking to today. And thank you so much for your time, Darcy. And, you know, hopefully our listeners will go out and pick up your book, be it uh, library people or, you know, people who are looking for an art book for their home. Whatever the case may be, this is the book for you. It is a beautiful, beautiful book. If you take a look at it online and you see it, you're going to want to purchase it. Definitely you will for yourself. So thank you so much, Darcy, Professor Grigsby, and everyone who is listening on the New Books Network, the African-American Studies channel. We will see you next time. And again, I've been here with Professor Darcy Grigsby, Darcy Grimaldo Grigsby of the University of California, her book on Sojourner Truth, Enduring Truths. And we'll see you next time on the New Books Network. Thank you. All right. This is, again, James Townsel back for the African-American Studies channel, The New Books Network. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Darcy, Darcy Grimaldo Grigsby, the professor of arts and humanities, distinguished professor of arts and humanities at University of California, Berkeley. And she was talking with us about her book Enduring Truths. Really enjoyed talking with her and the impact she's had on the middle school students, young people in general. People in the future may not know as much about Sojourner Truth as we do today, and this book is going to go a long way in helping to keep them informed, informed and educated about life in the 19th century, particularly if you're an African-American, uh, to see those images and just to, to see um, the outstanding pictures of such a great hero in the African-American community, Sojourner Truth, the abolitionists and women's rights activists. So that's an, all we got time for today on the New Books Network, the African American Studies channel. This is your host, James Stansel, and I look forward to seeing you next time. Take care.